Oh my goodness. <laughs> we are back in this again. Y'all doing all right? Dude, everywhere I go in this country and everyone who I talk to, they are so sick of the media. They're so sick of the fake news. They're so sick of being told what to think. Good evening, guys. This is Ebony Republicans, a.k.a. Clyde Yorkshire. How are you guys doing tonight? Just wanted to take a few minutes to talk to you guys. Wait a minute. I just came from the liquor store. And uh, make sure I get, they gave me everything. Yeah, it looks like I got everything I need to have. Well... You guys, I hope you're having an amazing weekend and you're enjoying your start to your Friday. I was a little bit stressed out today. Just a tiny bit. I didn't let it get to me too much. But uh, my day has to go the way I like it to go. And I'm very adamant about not letting a parking ticket, an employer, a relative... Or a stranger ruin how I want to feel for the day. Are you guys with me? Guys, I'm still stressed out about Stranger Things. It hasn't got started. And I just kind of feel that we're going to need it here pretty soon. As we go through these elections. And as we come closer to um, changing some of the negativity that has been brewing in our country, I, I, we're going to need... Because didn't Stranger Things help us get through the pandemic? It sure did. Guys, this is Avenue Republicans. If you have any questions, you would like to reach out to me for any reason, perhaps to do an interview or for uh, information on some shows that we're going to have later on within a year... As I told you guys, we have not even begun to scratch the surface on this podcast. We're going to have interviews. We're going to have discussions on here, guests, and everything. So just prepare yourself for that, right? Shout out to Amanda. I met a wonderful, beautiful white woman. She's younger than me in her 30s. Beautiful eyes, long hair, thick as hell. Yes, now that... <laughs> She's a nice looking woman And she likes hiking So anyway If you're hearing this Amanda You're going to have to reach out to me Because I'm going to need you to take me hiking To get my mind right You heard Holla at your boy Anyway uh, What a nice discussion And we talked about so many things I really enjoyed our conversation Um, And it just goes to show you In modern times We all want the same thing Happiness, peace, tranquility um, you know, leave the world better than when we found it. And, you know, family, our pets, you know, healthy meals. Uh, we talked about, you know, how you got to kind of make the world respect. In our generation, that we want to live. We don't want to be bombarded with the burdens of lifting every voice so we can sing to earth and heaven ring. We don't want to be bombarded with the Chitlin circuit agenda. 
We don't want to be negative. We don't want to cancel crap. We don't want people to feel like they can't speak their mind. And it was just so nice to talk to her. Man, I wish we had time. Like, we could just sit down and just build. It, it is internally healing. I feel that there's a lot of white people in this country and black people in this country who are hurting in the inside like an ulcer because we don't get to have the conversation me and Amanda had today. So Amanda, I want to say thank you. Guys, speaking of Stranger Things, well, I'm writing my own movies and I'm writing my own books and screens, plays and whatnot. I just released a book last year, Black Women Rings Around Saturn. It is available on Kindle. It is available on the Amazon platform, paperback, printed right here in Capel, Texas. It's available on iTunes and also Audible. Black Women Rings Around Saturn. Black Women Rings Around Saturn. Guys, please check me out. Get yourself a copy. Makes a great gift. And there's tons and tons of great uh, experiences. It's a sci-fi book, uh, but it's built around the ignorance of a young black male growing up, you know, in this world. And it, the world wants to tell you how to think. The world wants to tell you who you can love. The world wants to tell you who you can hate. Uh, what party you should be a part of, you know, how much money you should make, you know, how you should see God. And, you know, the journey out of that sort of compartmentalized mindset, you know what I mean? So check out the book, Black Women Rings Around Saturn. Um, I was thinking about Kanye West today. He was on my mind. And I remember when he got with Kim Kardashian, right? And look, some people would say, It doesn't matter if this was a white woman. It doesn't matter if she was Latin, South American. You know, that was his choice of woman. Um, that was her lifestyle. Many of us had lives previously. Some of us were strippers or politicians. Some of us were ex-heroin people. I don't know. Some of us used to be on ice. Some of us... You know, used to be homeless. Some of us, you know, had a bunch of abortions and bad credit. And, you know, life was just not kind to a lot of us. You know, some of us just been depressed and, you know, went through all kinds of things in our lifetime. And uh, we judge one another. And I never judged Kanye. That, that Him and Kim was on the verge of being my favorite couple of all times. And I'm going to tell you why. Kanye, as much as pain and drama and stress that Kanye had, he was living his dream. He was able to speak his truth and he was able to keep it real with us, if you will. People will use that experience of Kanye's and say, well, see, it's what he get for being with a white woman. I resent that. I think that people are crazy. I think people are kidding themselves. Kanye wanted that woman. 
Kanye was bigger than that woman. Kanye had such a huge, amazing, and still does, task given to him by God. And Kim was supposed to be a part of that. Not a distraction, not his enemy, not his competitor, and not just his bitch. Um, There's so much negativity. People were praying for that to end so they could use it as a catalyst to spark conversations about other things. But I didn't see it that way. I saw him build a family. He took a chance with an individual who had her own past and demons, you know, along with his past and demons. Um, I think they kind of locked each other into what they were fighting against, right? And so Kanye, you know, compartmentalized Kim. He wanted Kim to be this way, that way. And I think as he was going through it, he didn't realize that he was smothering her. Not that he was worried about who, you know, she would hang out with and if somebody else was screwing her. I don't think he cared about that at the at the time. That, he, that didn't bother him. I think he smothered her in the sense that she couldn't express her because she was so busy trying to be this white black girl um, and raise the family, you know, dress a certain way, act a certain way, come to certain events. And it was just like, dude, I thought I left this compartmentalized lifestyle. And I, and I want now... be me. I want to focus on the things I want. And again, Kanye was bigger than life and is bigger than life in some cases. And he needed Kim to be a certain way in order for him to work. In some cases, I think Kim needed Kanye to be a certain way for her to work. And, you know, in harmony was tough. Um, but I think Kanye still won. I think Kanye, see, sometimes when a person is like Nipsey Hussle, right, and they make this incredible run or Tupac, right, and they die early, we'll think that they missed out. Some of us don't realize that that's all their life needed to be amazing. Just that one album or two albums or that, you know, three, four years that they were alive doing music, we wanted a 10, 20 years and them to retire and all this other kind of stuff. We don't realize that sometimes people win and that's it. You know, you were put here just to do that and that's it. You don't get to do nine albums like Jay-Z and six and seven, like, you know, 50 Cents and uh, Nas and everything. You were called to do one or two, like Biggie Smalls. Didn't get a chance to even expand. He was a young kid when he died. So was Tupac, a young kid. I think he was 25 years old when he died. Kids. But they did what their purpose entailed. Kanye won. He married a beautiful white woman that expressed and helped him do what he needed to do. In that, he created a family. In that, he became a billionaire. In that, he began to launch and put out things that was bigger than life from his brands to music okay he made the statement he worked with the president he talked about issues in the black community 
that needed to be discussed. And he's the poster child for happiness. The little time or time that he spent with Kim, I saw Kanye coming back to the land of the living. Once his mother died, I think he had to get that Donda album out. He had so many impediments and pain inside of him, he just didn't get a chance to get out. And here's a Republican, a black man with this woman with big titties, big white titties, big white ass. He's got his good chocolate dick. He's running into that good white pussy. He's a billionaire. He's got lawyers. You know, his credit is fine. He's got great children. He's just loving the world. He's trying to bring people together. That man needs to be brought down. Who does he think he is? Mother-in-law's white and sexy. Sister's as bad as fuck. The nigga is just, he's got, you know. So don't believe behind the scenes that the system, and that's why he was talking about SNL, the system um, helped to uh, put a strain on Kanye West, okay? Black people in Chitlin Circuit, I want to talk about this, because the same type of energy went towards Kevin Samuels, this hateful black parliament or caucus in the black community that is very vindictive and in some cases can be very evil, wanted Kanye out of the way. Wanted him broken down, his family and everything. But that Donda album, that last album was his way of fighting. You're going to take my wife away from me. I get it. See, sometimes we see and hear things in the industry, rituals, and, you know, um, like for instance, when Bill Gates broke up with his wife, they said it was a ritual. Something was going on. When, um, you know, um, the CEO of Amazon, when he broke up with his wife, they said that was a ritual. It was a boys club thing, you know, some sort of higher Masonic crap thingy. But when Kanye did it, he's just a nigga who guess his dick was too small or, you know, he wasn't Democrat or, you know, he was whatever to controlling it always has to end in people's negativity but i'm here to tell you that there was a lot more going on just like the election with donald trump just like the donald trump presidency with what happened to trump behind the scenes they try to make it seem like well, he was just a goofy president who talked too much and lost the election we know good and well it was a whole lot more than that with the Russian investigation and all kinds of nonsense and impeachments and things like that. It was just a fucking swamp. Okay, what Kanye just did was go off on a swamp that wanted him out and dead as well. Wanted to bring him to his knees. Now, was his wife just a loose cannon and just crazy? Look, Khan knew the consequences of getting into that relationship with that specific woman. Okay, she didn't stand for all white women. She didn't stand for young women. She didn't stand for minorities. She didn't stand for illegals. She stood, she did, maybe, I don't know. She didn't stand for prostitutes, hoes, or bitches. But we knew from day one with all of the dating of sports and, and, and entertainers and whatnot that, that she's been around the block a few times. Well, we was just anxious and happy to see Kanye West, you know, get on a different playing field with her, you know, and, you know, you know, people were honest, and you know, we heard she was getting into politics, and, you know, she wanted to be a lawyer, you know, so we was like, wow, I, you know, but look, 
I'm not going to look at what happened with them and use that to say, you know, anything remotely close to what people have been trying to say over the years. Kanye needs help. Kanye did this. Kanye did that. Look, almost everybody in the music industry and Hollywood and everything else needs some damn help. They are all loony bins, okay? And I'm just keeping it real with you. Um, but as I said again, Kanye West, to me, he won. You know, his children are named the way he like them. You know, he's had a fun time. He was married to her. He tapped that ass many times. You know, smelled them buns and did all the things he wanted to do. Slept with the breasts in his mouth. He just enjoyed himself. But some things don't last for. See, maybe God has something else for the both of them. Who knows? They might even get back together. I don't know what tomorrow holds for them. But I know what Kanye West was saying made a lot of sense. When he was talking about black folks are in slavery, if any, because they want to be. Or they stay in the same ignorant condition because they want to be. Right? People got so upset with him. Oh, he's disrespectful. You're disrespecting our ancestry. More chitlin circuit, French toast, Negro stuff. You know, ape talk. That's what I call it. Gorilla talk. Just ignorant Negroes talking goofy. You know what I mean? And I'm going to tell you, man, black folks love to rip down other black folks. Uncle Ruckus, was, you know, he was making a light of it, but it was true. He said, don't get me wrong. I love to see a good old black man beat down another black man. He was being funny and, and you know, whatever. But when we take a look at that, that's all we see and that's all we're used to in our life. And like I said, that Kanye experience was so good for me because I learned more. I got out of it what I needed to get out of it. You know, um, how about we just take a tiny little break? Are you guys okay? Let's just get this together. Y'all ready? Prices are going down. Hip, hip, hooray. Okay. Um, I'm happy about that. Um, and I don't I don't know if we're out of the woods now. They got the monkey pox and grits pox. Whatever's going on. Well, COVID, you know, folks don't have to wear masks like that as, as much as they used to. Thank God. People are starting to kind of come back to the land of the living and go out and you know so it's it's things are moving along i'm great guys i got an issue i gotta talk to y'all about y'all know this is a station for black men i hope my brothers are listening guys i got some real issues man so y'all know i was in a real conscious movement and you know the whole you know comedic thing and you know you know, just black empowerment and black power and black love and black, 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 black. Guys, it's not that I don't want to have a full time, full, you know, full time, you know, black agenda. But look, guys, I'm just kind of off that shit, man. And I, I feel like I've moved on to a global idea and reality and mindset. And I, I moved past just primitive thinking. Is that okay? 
Well, guys, look, I got a crush on white women. Um, no, see, y'all gonna make fun of me, and that's okay. I thank God I'm older. I got thicker skin. I'm from New York. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? But I don't know what it is. I don't know if this is what I was meant to do. You know? And when people were talking about Frederick Douglass, they were saying, "Well, yeah, he did." marry a white woman, you know, after he married a black woman, and as if that was supposed to take away from his writings, his education, his finding, his, you know, heroic um, lifestyle, you know, that he married a white woman, you know, what what was his thinking of doing that? I don't know, uh, and maybe it's just, they're saying, huh, that might be a slave syndrome, you know, you, you know, you just want some of that white stuff, you know, because you put master said you couldn't have it before. Or it's jungle fever. I've been doing a little bit of thinking and I don't know if it's any any of that. I just think I'm highly attracted to white women at this point in my life. Highly attracted. I like the way they dress. I like the smells that they choose. I like the places they like to go eat. I like the conversations they like to have. I, lo- I do like the skin. I like the hair color. I like their eyes. Um, I I like the way I feel in their presence. I feel like I'm on television. I feel like I'm living my best life. I feel like I don't have to impress them and have all this money and talk tough and ghetto and look. You know, I can be me. I can be the guy I was raised to be. I was brought up in church. I was born to, you know, do great things. And, you know, and I I feel uncomfortable when I say I'm in front of a black woman, I'll be honest with you. And I tell them the things that I like, the things I want to do, the things I write about. And I want to be in Congress. It's like, why? You know, don't, I mean, don't you want to rap or play basketball or just get a fucking job? And it's, I feel, again, I feel so uncomfortable. Like, I feel... The expectations of black women is not for me. The, the typical black, educated, Christian, fried chicken, eating cornbread, or nice gym working out black woman, Christian, they, whatever it is, it's just not for me. The conversations feel so stale. It feels dry. It feels weird. It feels that I'm on a question and answer. It, it just does not feel natural to me. And maybe it's this generation of black women. I don't know because it didn't used to feel like that. You know, and it's the strangest thing I've ever seen in my life. Three years ago, I didn't have it this bad. Five years ago, it wasn't this bad. And I was an adult. I was in my 30s. You know, I was on some black deal. I was trying to, you know, the black woman is God. The black woman is this. The black, 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 black. And it's not that I don't believe black women are beautiful, amazing, incredible, you know, fantastic. I do. It's just something's wrong with me. Like, when I look at a white woman, like, the details of her skin, I'm so turned on. The, the, the way that their clothes go into their body and the type of colors they choose, you know, the way they dress and sundresses fit on them. Oh, my God, bro. I just want to eat them. I want to, I want to just like, they look delicious, you know, I, 
I just want to just pop a Listerine strip in and get all up in a bitch face after some alcohol and then fucking tongue kiss and make love. I'm sorry. I'm tripping, guys. Please forgive me. I'm on some shit. I don't mean to be. You know what I mean? Well, skipping and moving forward a little bit. Years ago, um, there was a Jewish lady. I was working as a concierge in New York, and I think I was in Williamsburg. And um, every night I would come in, she would come down and say hello, bring me some cookies or whatever. So she invited me up to her room one night, and she was having problems with her door alarm. It kept on ringing and alerting me downstairs. So at first, at some point, I thought, hey, is she just you know, trying to make conversation? Anyway, well, I go up to her room one night. And she wasn't a bad-looking woman. She was an older woman, too, but, you know. And I came up to her room. The door was kind of cracked, and I knocked, and I said, is everything okay? She goes, come on in. She was having a drink, by the way, too. She was in a um, night clothes or whatever, and you can tell that she had been relaxing and thinking and maybe drinking. I don't know. And she was working on a painting, right? And she told me, you know, have a seat, you know. And I'm thinking, oh, I got to go back downstairs. I got to get to work. She's probably going to, like, actually want to eat and, you know, take a lot of my time and, you know, kind of just socialize with me. Well, she told me that she was happy that we were friends and she had painted something for me. And she told me, she said, you know, I lived my life for many, many years. And I went to school with black children and got bust in. And there was all this racial stuff and everything. And she said, I never wanted to remember any of that stuff. She said, so many of us who were considered white or whatever, Christian or Jew, she was a Jewish woman. She said, we knew better. We knew that this was not a real black and white thing. It was a systematic structure thing that was disguising itself as white. And she said, do you want to drink? I said, no, I, I got to work. And she said, are you sure? I said, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I couldn't. So she's talking and everything. And she told me, i never forget it, to live my life today. She told me to do and find what God wanted me to do and get to it now. She said, because life has not passed her by, but it was going so fast, she didn't realize how much time she wasted on jobs and, you know, uh, sort of, you know, just recreational things that in her later years, as she's fulfilling the things and goals that she wanted, she just wished she had more time and more youth. And I never forget that conversation. And do you know, it was one night when I was off, I actually came back to the job because I left, if I'm not mistaken, I had left my old charger. But at that time, chargers didn't, wasn't that easy to come by. And I was in New York. Uh, it might have been, I don't know, 2003, I'm not, I, I just can't remember 100% or a little earlier than that. But I remember going back to the job and um, 
I, I parked in a parking space and she was magically parking and about to walk into from the parking lot into her place. And she was like, hey, how you doing? You know, at the time she called me something else from what my name is today. But anyway, you know, it was personal. And I, I said, uh, my family calls me little Billy. She's like, hey, Billy, how's it going? And, you know, she's like, hey, could you help me with these groceries to the door? And uh, I'll give you a little something. So, um, again, no, seriously, I'm not just saying that she was a very sexy woman for to be in her 60s or well, I don't know what she was in. Anyway, so she, she she took care of herself. You can tell, you know, she likes shoes and necklaces. She one of them kind of women bracelets and all that kind of stuff. And she keeps her car clean and everything. You, you could... And, and, and I want you to listen to what I'm saying. I could tell she was living life and doing every tiny little thing that she probably didn't do as much when she was younger. So I take this stuff to her door and she kind of says, you can just leave it right there. That's fine. And I says, no, I'll, I'll help you put them on the counter and everything. So we go in, put the stuff on the counter. She takes out $40, 40 fucking dollars. Come on. And so she's giving me this goddamn money, $40. And I'm sitting there. And I'm looking at her. And you know what I enjoyed? I enjoyed the mind fuck that I was getting. I had never sat down and talked to somebody who I was either trained to hate, trained to misunderstand, trained to judge, or just not, you know communicate with and I told her I would much rather have a drink with you or two and talk about some of the things that I missed years ago and her face lit up she just got to get the coffee ready got me a little drink a bourbon I forget what it was made some like I don't know what she made it was like some maybe some hors d'oeuvre stuff I don't know I don't remember what it was it was decades ago um but we talked and i had other things to do by the way we talked for about four hours mm -hmm. do you know that was one of the conversations that got me off the block hustling and selling drugs it was one of the conversations that made me believe that i was more than just a job a job it was one of that, it was that conversation. I wanted to, honestly, there was so many things going through my mind. Well, she became one of my mentors. And I appreciated all of the time that I got to listen. I could have been young and antsy. I didn't listen to this old ass Jewish woman. What the fuck I want to hear? You know, come on, bitch, you know. But her words were so feeling, they were so accurate, they were so refreshing. The last time I had a friend like that, I was overseas and I sat next to this older Japanese woman and I, I had some tears in my eyes, I was going through things and I was on my way, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know. 
I believe I was on my way to Dubai. I was leaving the United States. There was a lot of things happening. It was just before the pandemic. I was going through a relationship issue. I was just not in a good mood. Like, I, and it, nobody but not say nothing to me today. I just wanted to fucking cry and listen to some music. And she said, what's the matter? Would you like some a snack? And I'm sitting there like, oh, my God. And I'm taking a picture of myself, trying to clean my face, whatever. She said, can I take a picture with you? And I'm sitting there like, why is this old lady talking to me? It's a pretty lady, too. We talked about a good hour. Do you know that woman helped me in my life? She made me feel focused. And she made me feel that whatever I was going through, I was doing too much. I was hurting for no reason. I was not letting myself heal. I was too compartmentalized in my little town-like mind, in my little zip code, in my little borough mind, in my little relationship mind. I was not feeding off of love and energy. And she told me she travels everywhere and she wanted to be my friend and invited me to travel with her uh, and her friends and things like that. And now I'm saying, what is this older Japanese woman? Now, here's the deal. What you might have just heard was, ooh, these two ladies, child, they must have been cougars. You didn't hear that God might have sent those women to me. I was at a time in my life, both times, where I was going through things, trying to figure things out. I was confused as they come. And both of these women mentored me. And to this day, I'm not scarred the way I was. When that woman was, I was talking to the oldest Jewish woman, I didn't realize that I had mommy issues. I'm not gonna get into details. I had went through some things with my mom that I had never resolved. And I didn't know it. And only somebody who's close to me, maybe dealt with me, would probably hear it or feel it in my actions that I needed to see somebody, I needed to talk to somebody, call up my mom, maybe try to fix things. That woman pulled that out of me. See, I'm not going to get into details of what we talked about and why our conversations lasted so long and why I was always coming to see her and spend time talking to her and kind of just you know, letting her groom me. It was the best thing I ever could have did, but I was smart enough to let it happen. I could have been like, All right, this bitch, oh, bitch, please go take you some medication, take your ass to bed. I got time to be sitting up here with your ass listening to this crap. But it was so healing for me. And, you know, she said to me, one of, one of the times we talked, she said, never disrespect what your mother gave you. You might not think that she um, gave you what you think you should have, and all she did was talk about religion. She said, but your mother made you a spiritual man. Whether your faith is going to be her faith, or your, her denomination is your denomination, she said, don't worry about that. She said, well, just think that your mother made you spiritual, and now you're going to become a great man at some point in your life. And I thought about it, she was right. And she wanted me to grab, and I did grab a better relationship with my mom.
I gravitated to that older woman because I was missing nurturing. And it was hard for me to move on in my life because I hadn't been nurtured the way I think I should have and the way I wanted to. And it was just holding me back. And then it was the relationship situation that I could not resolve. And it was just killing me in the inside. And that older lady. Because, see, sometimes people think my mentors are always men. And I got to remind them, no, Dr. Julia Hares, there's many of mentors that I've had in my life that have got me right. Sister Dr. Francis, you know, uh, I tell you, I tell people about the judge and my lawyer, who's a white woman, who got me out of a lot of shit. And I wasn't even 18 at the time. Gave me a place to stay in her house. And it was like, you didn't have to do this. You know what I mean? I think maybe that's the reason why I have this thing going on where I'm, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to get into a relationship very shortly with a white woman, a white girl. I hate to keep saying white, like, you know, shit, with just a light-skinned woman, goddamn, with blue eyes, blonde hair. I don't, I don't know what's going on. By the way, I find German women so attractive. European women are, like, my number one. Damn, you must be a traitor. This nigga done went from being listening to uh, Farrakhan or George Carlin or Malcolm X or Martin Luther King. Now this nigga done went to Disney. Right? I'm not taking any calls at this. Sounded good. Did y'all like that? I'm, I feel like I'm in an upside down. And there's nothing but hatred and racism and bigotry, reverse racism. And I'm running up that hill. And I'm almost there. No, I, I just gotta say it. White women make me feel alive. And I'm not even talking about sexually. Even though I know sexually, God, I'll probably have the mental orgasm of a lifetime. It's there. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the connections. You know what I mean. But I feel alive. It's like how respectfully you see white women or white people talk to their kids like they're adults. And then black people like, get over here, motherfucker. Like talking to their kids. Put that candy down, motherfucker. Like, you know. Something is missing in us, you know? And like I said, I feel alive when I talk to white women. I feel like we're having a, a discussion. You know, we're not having an argument. We're not, you know, having an ignorant nigga, vert, you know, conversation. We're having just like, we're talking. I don't know what it is. We talk about life. We talk about experiences. We talk about politics. We talk about investment. We talk about traveling, passports. We talk about wealth. And I mean... God, help me figure this out.
kind of feel like there's a spell that's been cast on me. Like, white women are just like, they're, I don't know, they're just like bringing positivity out of me. Like, love your fucking flag, nigga. Love your country, my nigga. That's why I feel like white women be like on it like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, forget all that bondage shit, my nigga. That slavery bullshit and I'm a victim and shit, nigga. Man up. You know what I mean? You can have whatever you want, Hezekiah. That's how I feel women, black women, white women talk to me. Nigga, go be Congress. Come on, get this fucking house and this wealth, nigga. You can have me. You know, I got white privilege. That's what they say. So what, nigga? You got black privilege. You can fuck me. You can get, you can marry me. You can date me. You can be a business partner with me. You can just communicate with me. You live in this is your country. You know, stop thinking, you know, and I feel the same way when I talk to white men. It's like, dude, grab whatever you want. Get it. You know, go for it. You know, when I talk to black folks sometimes and not all, not always black men is very empowering. I'll be honest with you. Black men always empower me, bro. I don't care if they street, Wall Street and the large. I love black men. But for some reason, it's like black women. I don't know what it is, bro. It's so negative, bro. It's like that cancel culture shit, that impeachment shit, the Russian investigation. That's what it feels like in the presence of black women. Some fucking swamp shit, you know? And not all black women, by the way, you know? I hope I figure this out because I'm confused as fuck, guys. And y'all my, y'all my friends, man, on, on this. That's why I'm talking to y'all. You know, I'm not doing this on YouTube. It's just my core group. Y'all folk, help me focus. You know what I mean? I'm I'm good. I'm good. I don't know. Like, I don't want to feel like I'm being somebody I'm not because I want to shop at Whole Foods or shop at smaller grocery stores with premium food. And, you know, I want to, you know, um, lay in a bed with a white woman. Do I, do I need to feel uncomfortable? Like, is this 1960? I, I, am I saying something wrong? Are you not going to vote for me now? Or you don't like me as a black man now? Because I'm saying this, let me do me. I don't want to live in that neighborhood. I want to live in this neighborhood. Oh, you want to get away from niggas. That's what it's like with black people. And that shit is like a fucking virus. Anytime you choose the better quality of life, and guess what all the niggas in the industry do? I don't give a damn who it is. They go for the better premium life. And some, unfortunately, it always usually ends up with a white woman involved because they make a nigga feel like you straight. You good, baby. Get it. I got you. Let me help you. You know, I don't want nothing from you. I'm not trying to get a check or come up off of you or dirty up your name. When, unfortunately, I said this before, there are more black women are calling the police on black men, getting more abortions from black men. They're, you know, trying to get you in domestic violence than black men. I mean, and we're talking about white women. Be careful with them. Bro, we in the whoop, we're failing with black women. Health, we're failing with black women. Financial literacy, building businesses, building institutions, man, we're failing with them. Unfortunately, we're going up with Hispanic women. We're doing better with African women and European women. Dude, I don't... Listen, y'all gonna make me pull out my research book again and show y'all niggas statistically. Because, see, this sounds like... See, that nigga must have got him some white pussy cat... Uh-huh, he done, he done been eating one of them white girls out there in Highland Park or, you know, Plano, and he talking reckless. No, I, I'm saying this because this is how niggas act. You understand what I'm saying? If you want to come and meet 
your fellow citizens halfway and get rid of that racist shit. Mm-hmm. He must be with what white people. They must be paying him because he ain't burning buildings down with us. Ain't part of Black Lives Matter. He must be a, a traitor. It's a sad day in, in Hollywood. Anyway, guys, I just wanted to kick a little bit with you. Um, just I just like to talk for, at this point. Like the pod, the real podcast is coming soon. So let's just get ready for that. Right now, we're just warming it up right now. Wait till we get in the studio.